Welcome to a very special edition of the final British Toon Car Podcast. What are we called? <laughs> final Corner Podcast. That's it. This final is tiny. I'm keeping it. I'm waving it. I'm too tired. <laughs> we've, had a, we've had a heavy week because it's a special mm. podcast. Uh, we're recording on Thursday evening quite late, but that's because we're recovering from a Sunday at Donington Park. All three of us were there, live and in person, watching the racing. Um, some of us have some very long journeys and circuitous routes to get there, and Tom, half an hour down the road. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're slightly late this week. Fantastic. But for we should do Donington more often. We should, we should. <laughs> but good reason we're a bit late this week, because we were there. Nick, Tom, enjoy the weekend. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, mega, mega to have the final kind of podcast in in person. Uh, talk rubbish about touring cars in the rain and the sun. <laughs> yeah, and the wind. Get, get, yeah, and the wind. Yeah, yeah. Break an umbrella at the start of the day, uh, covered in rain, and then get sunburnt. Typical Donington weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick definitely had it right with a massive bro in the morning, and then suddenly whipped his. Well, I was going to say whipped his kegs <laughs> off. He didn't go that far. Well, <laughs> whipped his trousers off, a pair of shorts underneath. But that man is that man is well planned for the day. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, didn't see the sunshine coming. Oh well. No, but it was fantastic, wasn't it? And uh, what do you both think of Donington as a spectator venue? Uh, I really liked it actually because you can see a lot of the track from certain places. Um, especially where we watch the first race, you can see pretty much half the track. Mm. So yeah, we watched it on the great. outside of Redgate, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing you can't really see is copies, right? Yeah. I was going to say that's the disappointing part because there was quite a few moves there. And mm. yeah. I kind of wanted to be at the, the Grand Prix section at one point, but there's no big screens there. But that would be the only downside at that point. Is mm. That's the only bit you would see. Um, but otherwise, You're down at the Mayball Heppen. Yeah. yeah, but otherwise, even standing in infield, you see a huge part of like the old hairpin and up the hill. Mm. Plus, you've got two big screens there. So uh, it's really good. I'm, uh, as a not-kill diehard, having been twice, that makes me die hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was quite impressed with Donington. I mean, there's nowhere like not-kill, but Donington's excellent. And that's a good point, actually, because it's the first time since, was it 2002, that the longer loop was used for BTCC and a, and a little screen down there would be welcome, but I don't have the purse strings, so <laughs> biggest can't be chooses. Mm-hmm. No. What did you think of the catering options, the most important part? Oh. You had the yeah. burger van, the burger van, the burger <laughs> van, or we saw far away in the distance, a fried chicken van. Yes. <laughs> Which, oh yeah, where was that? I can't remember where that was. It was in the infield. Oh, in the infield somewhere. There was another one as well on top of the hill on the infield. It was just like, the camping was um, loaded fries and various things. But mm. that that was up a hill. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you don't go there for the food. Let's put it that way. No, Good, because of what, like the the majority of the food stands, as you alluded to there, Colin, are the same company with the same menu. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, bit more variety wouldn't go amiss. But hey, I don't know what the economics are behind that. You know, there might only be BTCC and World Superbikes and British Superbikes and British GT that brings in enough crowd to sustain the food. I don't know. But yeah, there's definitely other venues with more choice, let's put it that way. 
<laughs> yeah, the contrast between Silverstone and then Donington between the Formula One and that was stark. <laughs> but I must say, the hot dog. Aye, was but so I imagine hot. the price was as well. Oh, yeah. Well, 14 mm. quid for a hot dog and chip. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think mm. it was the cheapest. But we started off in the morning. I got there at half past eight. Um, left the house at half past two. Got the track at half eight with Fair it. play. The rain just pouring down, and it really didn't really stop till what one o'clock. Yeah, sort yeah. of mid the first race, it started to ease off, didn't it? Well, the day started off with push for me. I think. Mm-hmm. Nice little race. The leader went off in the point of lap. Oh yeah, well, sorry. When we called you in the traffic jam to get in. Uh, we could hear the Porsches behind you. We yes. knew exactly what <laughs> yes, sport it was. Very distinctive. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed by that. I think I was lucky. I, I think I was ill enough to avoid it. Plus, I came from the direction where I was on the left-hand side of the road making a left turn. So it's the old not-kill trick. There's one way to go and there's one way not to go. <laughs> yeah, we were in the not-to-go. But we kind of yeah. knew it because Google said, you could try this other route and I just didn't want to risk it hmm. in case we came to like a oh, road shut for the event. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I've done before music festivals. Oh, this would be brilliant. Just go down. Oh, no. Rejoin the back of the queue. <laughs> yeah, if in doubt, just join the big queue. You know it's going the right way. Yeah, but I think you, yeah, we'll bear that in mind for next time I visit a track. Slightly longer route on the way there to be on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And obviously the highlight of the day was purchasing my mug. <laughs> I was going to ask where it was. <laughs> I used it for the first time today. <laughs> this is BTCC blueprints, which have um, merchandise online, but also they have a stand. At, I don't know about every round, but certainly they were there, the one mm. we were at, at Donington, and they had lots of lovely stickers, which we bought. And uh, they, a Will Powell mug was reduced to £4, so I was in. Collector's <laughs> item. Yeah, why not? That's what I'm drinking from this evening. Yeah. Yes, my uh, Mikey Doble sticker is now on top of my Fanatec wheel. Oh, very nice. <laughs> I've not used mine yet. Yes, Wait, don't play watch. Was in a, uh, you've got several. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't play watch was in person this week. It was. We we uh, didn't get to meet the man because the queue yeah. for the autograph session was about the length of the track. Eventually. Yeah. It was like oh, it wasn't that insane. Three hour queue for a half hour slot. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously we didn't plan it right and we arrived there too late to and see the queue but I think it's amazing that there is such a big queue mm. to meet the drivers and other sports could learn from that. It was mentioned on the coverage as well that it was a very long queue so I think it is a bit abnormal. Right. Yeah it was uh, looping around the paddock area wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. The end was basically the start as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. So I, I don't know if the people at the end ever got to meet their, their heroes but we certainly didn't. Um, no, it was. I was quite impressed at how big a crowd it was. The weekend. Yeah, it shows you that the series is very popular. I've been speaking to people about it this week, and they have known people that have went down and camped the full weekend and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly popular. Plus, it's the second time at Donington this year, and it's still drawing a big crowd. Yeah, that's the key point. Because it, despite the rain and the fact that it already had around there. It seemed relatively popular, didn't it? It's always difficult with a motorsport, though, because you can be spread, on, apart from copies, obviously, 
pretty much everywhere around the track, mm-hmm. inside and outside. So you don't get like a stadium where you're all crammed into like uh, around a small pitch. But it's still, nevertheless, there was there's a decent amount of people there, I thought. Mm. Judged on how long it takes to get out of the car park, yeah? Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But it took me probably about half an hour-ish. But I was yeah. in one queue to get out of field, and then other people decided to start making a separate queue. And that just oh, yes. enrages me. Because <laughs> yeah, I've been <laughs> sitting here for 20 minutes. But some people uh, were f- some people were kind and let you out pretty quick, which was nice. It's warfare leaving a festival or a yeah. sports gig on a field. You've got to go for it, Colin. You've got to be uh, the aggressor. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mass Civic got me out there. Don't you worry. <laughs> but it was a very nice woman in our bar that let me out. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> very nice of her. Thank you to her. In terms of the overall weekend, start talking about what happened on track. It was relatively calm, I thought, for a British touring car weekend. Mm. There's yeah. no big shunt I can think of over the weekend. A few minor well, incidents. Not in the main category. No, there was a no. there was a few minis on the roof and things like that. <laughs> yeah, and some of the supports. So overall, uh, thought they were all pretty well behaved. Yeah, the yeah. British touring car races were quite subdued, but still good. Still had flashpoints and moments of controversy. Uh, just, yeah. The driver's standards are, at the minute, very polished. Is that a good thing or not? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> probably is. Probably for that. But yeah, some mm. of the spots, definitely there was, we saw a mini challenge trophy clip the tyres and flip at the Fogarty S's, S's or just the S's? I think, I think it is Fogarty actually the Fogarty S's. It's just... Everyone tends to call them just the S's. S's. And then uh, we saw Ollie Jackson, former BTC driver, smash into the same tyres and end his very expensive Porsche in the wall. Yes, unfortunately, right uh, where we had been standing about 20 minutes previous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we missed all the action, but it, mm. it, as long as everyone's safe, it's all, it's all good. And um, this led, I don't know if you saw, to a big debate. I think Tim Harvey, especially Paul O'Neill, were on TV saying yes. they need to get rid of the tyre bundles. And... Tiffany Dell was chiming in on Twitter and Paul O'Neill told him to bore off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Tiff was necessarily in favour of the tyre bundles. His point was, you can say that all you want, but have you got an answer to what could be there instead? To which they don't at the minute. Or, do, or seemingly haven't said so on the coverage. So that's kind of the point he was making. <laughs> yeah. A bit of controversy there outside of the racing amongst the media personalities. <laughs> I have to say, I do agree that they are, the, the tyre stacks are unnecessary, but also, mm. what would you replace them with? Yeah, what would you do? Yep, not sure. You could have the old flappy pad, pedal board things they used to have at Croft that just disappear after one lap. Mm. They don't work either, really. No. The, the, the S's used to be, and you made this a good point, actually, early in the weekend. So the BTCC web, web, uh, YouTube channel put on the 2002 round highlights, which are incredible to watch back. I heartily recommend them because the driving standards are abysmal. <laughs> yes. But it's entertaining. And it's a season finale, I suppose, so gloves are off. But though that chicane wasn't this big, fast-flowing thing that needs a tyre bundle then. It was mm-hmm. much sharper, 90 degree left, 90 degree right, which has less flow. It might be less satisfying to drive, but you wouldn't need a tyre stack. 
No, it did have tires stuck in the ground because that's what almost flips Tarquini. Yeah, but you, that that could be like some sort of just serrated curb or something. Uh, yes, but that was just purely because they're going slow enough that it didn't really affect things. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's a huge expensive thing. So I don't know how you would reprofile the circuit, but uh, yeah. So that's not an easy fix, but that did that solves the issue. It was reprofiled originally for the uh, failed F1 bid that they had in the early 2008, right. 2010s. Um, yep. That's why it was reprofiled, but then obviously that all went downhill after that. Mm-hmm. Simply sausages but- back then. <laughs> Sim- oh, it was. Was that in Top Gear? <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, and they used it for one of the best car reviews ever, where it was um, the Skoda Yeti. <laughs> and they drove around it as a building site. Yes, Ferrari. And he uh, was it. Oh, who was in the glove box? Um, I don't know. The only oh. thing I can remember was Ross Kemp in the boot, but that was a totally different thing. Oh, yeah. that was a Renault Twingo, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, who was in the glove box? For some yeah, reason, was... I do think it is Tiff Nadell, but I don't know why. Who's Tiff? No, Tiff no, no, Nadell. no, no, no. <laughs> It's Sienna, it was Sienna Miller. It was like, and the great thing about this is the Sienna Miller's in the glove box. And you just open the glove box, she's in there, and that's it. Ha! <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Move on to the next bit. Right, anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, races? Are we going to races? Yeah, the only thing to cover is that Camish wasn't in any of them. No, poor Dan. He was fastest, I think, at one point in practice, then chucked it off at the top of the hill at McLean's, I think, and mm-hmm. wrecked to rear end his car. Yes. Yeah. Complete brake failure. Not complete brake failure. Was it just the front rear ones working? I- I'm not sure. He just said the pedal went completely solid and he had no brakes. Yeah. At the start of the ITV coverage for the main day, they said, I think it was just the rear brakes that were working, mm-hmm. which is only like 30 to 40% of the braking power. Yeah. Smaller brakes at the rear. Plus it's on a turn as well, so that would explain why it yeah. instantly pitches it round. Exactly, that's why it's spun. So um big impact rearwards shows the speed that they're going because yeah. it just skated across the top of the gravel and ended up like nose down, like resting on top of the barrier, uh tire wall. Yeah, very well anyway, the main thing is it's okay, but mm-hmm. Donington not very lucky for Dan Kamish. No, McLean's in particular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, car got a bit burny last year, didn't it? It did. Been yeah, a lad. Burnt last year. Got a couple of feet shorter this year. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to be terrified coming back next season. Yeah. But I just hope they can fix that car and have the budget to do it. I'm assuming they do, but that's hell of a lot of damage. He did say that um, he will be out of Silverstone, whether in that car or another one. <laughs> Fine. Oh. Right. So Bring back Dave Pinkney's there. Alpha 156. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Rob Austin's car must be sitting around somewhere. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're talking about that, were I'm curious. Bring back the Giulietta. <laughs> I think, from memory, it was sold as a rolling sash chassis for like a display or something. Oh, but right. I could be wrong now. I'm going to reverse out that. Team Hard probably owned bits of it. <laughs> the touring car register might enlighten me that. So you talk about qualifying them while I'll have a look. Well, Team Hard were missing a car this week. Um, oh, yeah. Nick Hamilton's uh, car, or now Rob Huff's car, uh, wasn't there. They had, I think, permission to skip this round, but Rob Huff will be back for the final two rounds of the season. 
Yeah, it's not been officially confirmed, but it's been said in several places that's what's happening. Yeah. So we assume that's what's going to go. Qualifying was a big shock because Ash Sutton took pole. Yeah. And that's not happened, has it? <laughs> no. Oh, it's very incredible. unusual to see a napper on pole. Oh, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So he took pole from Ingram, Collard took to Taylor Smith, Hill. Which looked like a fairly tasty top six, and then you've also got mm. Cook behind. Uh, Ronan Pearson did well to get to ninth. The nearest Ford focus to Ash Sutton was in tenth with Robottom. Uh, Andrew Watson continued some decent form in twelfth, and uh, Sam Osborne finished out the point scoring positions, starting in fifteenth. Our man, the man of the moment, who we saw pull yeah. some epic moves at the weekend. Did not do shabby in qualifying. Yeah, 16th place. He, he also said he had issues during qualifying, so he was hoping he would have been higher. Well, it was quite above the pace of his teammates when you actually look at it. Watson mm. is ahead by a 10th, and then Ante or Smith, whose return to form has been rather spectacular. If some dodgy moments at the past few weekends, <laughs> uh, it was quick this weekend and relatively clean. He was half a second quicker than Doble. Yeah, he's, he's looked like the, the Taylor Smith of old in the last sort of four weekends or so, I think. Mm-hmm. Quick but unpredictable. Yeah. And then at the back, we've got four Coopers in a row from 21st to 24th. Creasy put his in <laughs> 19th. Dan Lloyd 17th. And then Nick Halstead was at the back having uh, no time set. Jake Hill also takes a free place good penalty from his, I think it was his collision with Jelly, I believe at Knock Hill. Yeah. Yeah, so he ended up starting ninth after qualifying sixth. Whereas Halstead, I don't know what happened to him. He um, turned left on the first part of the aces and just carried on turning left. <laughs> just <laughs> didn't attempt to go right. He, he lost it on the uh, way in and caused him Maybe cold via tyres. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But when he... Um... The car's in the gravel and he's at the side of the track. He's taking his helmet off and stuff. And then the car, and then they come to dig him out. And he goes back to the car, drive it back, and then f- forgot his helmet. Harvey <laughs> was having a go about that in jest. <laughs> Had to go back and trudge through the gravel to get it again. Mm. Still, I don't want to jump ahead to the races, but we felt trackside is definitely closer to the pace than he has been in the past. And closer than other uh, drivers. It's closer to the pack than other drivers have been in BTCC history. Let's put it that way. Yes. He's not half, you know, he's not been lapped in the race, which some were. And he's not on his own either. He's definitely, there's a battle pack of yeah. few cars with him. He was on the pace of the majority of the Coopers, especially in the first yeah. race. Yep. I think he went wide in one of the races, didn't he? Was it the first one, maybe? Yes. Towards the end? Yep. We were uh, bagging up the Coopers at the start of the year. Yeah, <laughs> well, I got that wrong. It just seemed to have got worse and worse as the years went on. But to be fair, they've only really got the one settled driver in the team, really, in Lloyd. Because um, Patterson was a rookie last year. De Leon's coming halfway through. Butel, trying to think of a polite way, but he's just not on the pace. So I'm not really sure where that car actually sits. Mm. Certainly Thompson and Lloyd can drag something out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shame that Thompson's not around at the minute. Yeah, that um, one still confuses me. Yes. Yep. Okay. It's all money, even if they say it's not. 
Yeah. Everything in touring cars is money. Of course. Money and beating the traffic, as we noticed, because all the <laughs> stalls started packing up before race three even started. Yeah, so all the stalls are shut down before race. That is kind of weird. Yes. <laughs> beating the traffic. I get it. I get it. Everyone wants to beat the traffic, and I can't understand the hard work that goes into... Sorry, I can't understand the hard work that goes into making a stand, being there extra early, spending your weekends for it. But I don't, I don't know. I might have bought something after the third race. <laughs> yeah. Because don't you have everyone going past your stand at that point? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You would think so, but... Yeah. What confused me was the amount of fans <laughs> even prior to race free. Like, you've sat there for six yeah. hours. This is the race where people normally end up upside down. Like, if you're going to stay for one, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yes, this is the one you would normally want to stay for. But again, traffic, kids, school, etc. Yeah, yeah. Life, life Boy. is tricky. Yeah, exactly. But if uh, if there was an ice cream stall next to the the, the race three podium, I would have bought one. <laughs> Someone lost a sale there. Yeah, could have done with the Magnum. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway, before race one, before oh, race one, I want to break breaking breaking news for 2020. 2020. Alfa Romeo, yeah, <laughs> the Alfa Romeo is in storage to an unknown owner. It was sold for ninety five thousand pounds from RacecarsDirect.com, uh, to which uh, the description said it cost over two hundred thousand pound develop and only did ten race weekends and does come with an engine. Mm. So someone's got it somewhere. How much money can we pull? Well, I spent my four quid on a little power mug. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I shouldn't have got the chips with that hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> did you know, though, they competed a 2018 season in the Alfa Romeo, but they also did the 2019 tyre test midway through the year? Yes, because they were planning to come back the following year. Yes. That, that didn't, didn't happen. Oh, well. Can I talk about race one now? Yes. Sorry. Go on then. Oh my word, it's <laughs> we're cracking on with time. Well, race one we watched on the exit of turn one. Red gate. Red gate into Hollywood, which has got a nice big screen across from it. And the start was relatively clean at the front. Ingram took the lead from Sutton. Sam Osborne seemed to get shoved off at the start finish line by Looked Rory like Butcher. a Toyota. Mm. Butcher. Yep, and he takes out an advertising hoarding. He seems to continue on fine, but then Jade Edwards has got a bit of hoarding in front of her car and she has to pit. Which, I, don't, I couldn't see where she picked that up from. Unless it was the same advertising hoarding fell off his car and got stuck to hers. Hmm. That'd be horrific luck. Yeah, that would. Collard also got past Sutton at the start, but I think Sutton got pretty easily at the old hairpin, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Going up the hill. And you've got down here that there's a special award for Aaron Taylor Smith, who <laughs> made an overtake at the Melbourne hairpin. The first one since 2002. In a touring car race, yes. <laughs> mm. So at Knock Hill, there was a, what, there was a John Clellander Wall for pole and a David Leslie for fastest lap in race one. What's the Donington one? Um... The James Thompson gin, gin and tonic? <laughs> yeah, we should probably move on. Uh, Dan Lloyd gets a five-second penalty because um, he doesn't have enough bad luck in his life. Um, mm-hmm. False start this time for this one. Sutton um, quite quickly retakes the lead from Ingram. 
you could see at the start of lap two, like going through the first corner, mm. Ingram's car is all over the place and he's wrestling it to keep it straight and Sutton's car is just taking the corner completely flat. Absolutely no drama. He seems to just be able to point, press the throttle and the car sticks. So he eventually overtakes Ingram, uh, puts a big dive. I don't know if Ingram was expecting it, but puts a big dive into the penultimate hairpin, Melbourne, and then uh, secures it going into the final corner, which was the end of the race at the front, essentially. Sutton was dominant at that point, but I yeah. thought that was, a, that was a strange one for Ingram to get caught napping. Yeah, yeah the, it was def- a good dive, but yeah, he definitely yeah, left the gap there, wasn't he? Ingram said after the race that the he's up against what will go down in history as the greatest front-wheel drive touring car of all time. Or one of. I can't remember if he said it outright. I, I think he did say the greatest. Yeah. I, I don't really disagree with him, really. It's, no. Uh, just when you watch it trackside, it just seems in a different class at times. And it, obviously it needs Ashton to be the, the best, one of the best drivers, probably the best driver on the grid to, to make the most of it as well. Because, let's be real, Sam Osborne's not winning a race, is he? Uh, no. I think we've said that before, but it just seems that combination is the perfect pairing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but at the same time, it seems whatever Sutton drives, um, it's something mm. to the way he sets cars up, um, or his engineer sets them up. It's always just looks so drivable, whatever he's driving. Yeah, he handed it to his teammates in the Subaru and the Infinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it 2018 when he won a race in the old MG at Croft in the rain? That was yes. That was, that was a warning shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Josh Cook as his teammate as an established driver at that point as well. Mm-hmm. What well, kind of impressed? If you watch the overtake on Ingram, and they get up to the final corner, Ingram squares off the hairpin. Yeah, they can follow the throttle and get a better run, and Sutton just drives away from him. Like, mm-hmm. like Sutton's had the worst line, should have the worst traction, and he doesn't. He just pours it in the car stick. Yeah, it's not even that he covers the line, is it, to to stop him getting good acceleration. He just has better acceleration himself. Yeah, and there's nothing nothing in this race, anyway, that Ingram can do in the wet. Mm-hmm. Why did we pick up on something early in the year where, yes, it was coming out of the Croft hairpin and the Fords, Camish and uh, Sutton, they seem to be pulling away from the BMW coming out of corner exit, and you think yeah. that shouldn't be possible in front wheel drive. Mm-hmm. There's something trick going on with the diff or something funky, which fair play. The old sniff test is uh, suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could also be a, a combination of the drivers have got the driving style, so they bleed on the throttle just perfectly to get the minimum amount of wheel spin. I don't want to take all the credit away from the drivers there. Oh, what Sutton can do in that car is incredible. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's amazing to watch it. Um, when you watch it live, yeah, you kind of want to go, "Oh, well, I want a more, more of a firecracker of a race." But you, you can't help but admire how pinpoint accurate he is in every single apex. Uh, yes, I still wanted them to get punted off at race one to make it weekend a bit more exciting. But well, that's just me uh... being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Some like championship drama would be nice. Uh, not taking anything away from Ash, but. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get that this year in either series nah. that we cover in this podcast. Sadly. Mm, nope. Jake Hill was making a good fist of it, though. Coming back through the field, he started in ninth. 
but he's pulling some good aggressive moves. He's got great pace in the BMW. He gets past uh, Ronan Pearson down at Cooner's Curves. And uh, Rory Butcher also follows him through, who was having a pretty decent weekend at this point as well. <laughs> and uh, Hill gets past Robottom pretty... I thought... He fought it, but it was relatively easy for Hill. Uh, yeah. He just seemed to have much better pace than anyone else apart from Sutton. And it would have been interesting if Hill would had started this race next to Sutton. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that. Well, how close it would end up being. Yeah, he was just closing down on everyone. Whoever was in front of him, he was just like, right, let's get him next lap. Let's get him next lap. Yeah. Well, it, it was it, imperious, wasn't it, really? Mm. Because I think... Oh, you could say, ah, we will drive in the drainish conditions, a better tyre we'll have, but Jelly Morgan and Turkinson didn't do this. No. No. And Turkinson's no mug, and Hill just drove around him. Yeah. <laughs> Made him cover into um, McLean's, got the overrun on, on the exit to Coppice, job done. And then the commentators at one point go, oh, well, he might catch Ingram by the end of it. Oh, hang on a minute, before this lap's finished, <laughs> yeah. he's on him. He's already there. <laughs> yeah. And I think we said something similar, you know, trackside. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he could actually do something here. When he got to a point, obviously, we didn't think that at the start. I think uh, Robottom made contact with him at the Melbourne hairpin, hairpin just off camera, which meant he fell down from about 8th to 11th in like the second lap. Yes. So, so he could have won that, actually. I think we said, oh, if he'd have qualified better, he could have won it. But actually, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true, but if he hadn't had a bit of contact in the second lap, he could have still won that, I reckon. Mm. Mind you, you never know how much Sutton's saving. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it impressed me. He rocked up behind Cook on the back straight and Cook just pulled over. I was like, on you go. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's absolutely no point in me fighting this. So, uh, with that one, I thought, I think Cook's letting him through so as he can follow him and make, maybe find his way through. But by the next corner, he'd already gone. There was no chance yeah. of following him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we ha- we then saw a bunch of other moves. Hell just keeps picking people off, and uh, we saw a big move from our man Double going down against Dexter Patterson, Queen of Curves. That was a uh, we were both well, all three of us were impressed by that when we saw it. Yeah, and he had a couple around that area of the track, didn't he? That weren't shown on TV, but he he got past quite a few people on the way out of Redgate. It seemed like uh, it was. I was very surprised when we were watching it in person. We were following him because of our allegiance, uh, <laughs> and he was making some great moves. And he's, he, he obviously must have dropped back at the start. We're not sure. Yeah. But then he was making progress every lap, seemingly. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, one of them is on TV, even though he was far down at that point. So it was good uh, that some of his moves got recognition there. Yeah, I don't know why he dropped down. It was somewhere on the first or second lap. You can mm. see it on the timing screen, but no clue as to what happened yeah if you're not spectating at that corner and it's not on the TV footage then mm. we're at a loss but anyway of course uh, I know we're talking about race one but we're never wrapping with that I guess um, you know joking at the end of the last BTCC podcast Colin you said oh well the, the Jack Sears trophy that's our main thing that we're focusing on now is a bit of a joke mm-hmm. but the ITV coverage is really really covering yes. it hard <laughs> that's true <laughs> at the beginning of the day at the beginning of the day, there was a feature on it, wasn't there? Yeah. Then in the commentary, when they cut to Doble making a move, it, uh, it's like, oh, that's for Jack Sears points. <laughs> and then later on in the second race, it's, it's like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> You've got the memo as well. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's we need a championship here. fight. Yes. We need it. I wonder if they can still spin their six drivers in this championship fight for the well, Jack Sears for then. They won- oh, for Jack Sears, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the overall one now. But that, I was going to say we've got the wing foot, but we don't have the wing foot either. <laughs> the wing foot's gone as well. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Ah, uh, yeah. So, Independence, yeah. maybe? Oh, I don't even know what that is anymore. Uh, it's everybody not in a Ford, Toyota, or yeah. BMW. Oh, who's in that this year? It just doesn't follow as much weight as it used to, I think. Because you used to have proper manufacturers' yes. teams, and now it's kind of like... They're all independent teams. They just have some of them have a bit more backing from the manufacturers. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's 15 drivers and independents. Josh Cook is 92 points ahead. Ah, he won it last year as well, so. Mm -hmm. Jobs are good. Trophy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, The end of the race, I was going to say Hill finished third. Got all the way up to third. Mm -hmm. But there's some drama. He uh, puts a move on Tom Ingram, tries to go around outside of the final corner. Ingram floors it and uses a, pretty much the full wood for the track. Hill dips a rear wheel onto the grass, loses traction, and Ingram keeps the position over the line. Everyone thinks that's fine, cracks on with their day. We didn't realise until they were taking the grid for race two that suddenly, mm-hmm. why is Hill in second? And Hill is in second because uh, the stewards or the BRC or whoever does it decided that Ingram gained an unfair advantage by not leaving a car's width at the edge of the track. So the positions were flipped. Yes, the clerk of the course made the initial decision which the stewards up- upheld under appeal. But either way, it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare to have an appeal though on the race weekend, isn't it, in BTCC? It is, yeah. Um, and as Paul O'Neill said, um, well, they're probably not going to change it because the grid's been formed now. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I suppose there is a time constraint in the BTC weekend. But uh, I'll read out from um, the BRC website the reasoning for the upheld decision. Yeah, the BTCC expected standards document 2023 overtaking point three, so there's an expected standards document for this year. I mean, there might be for other years, but they're referencing this mm-hmm. year's. It's clear that, and then it quotes it, on the exit of a corner, if the car on the outside has an overlap on the car on the inside, then the car on the inside must leave a minimum of one car width to the edge of the track. So it's nothing to do with who's ahead. If you, if you interpret, in my opinion, that wording strictly, any car on the outside can just overtake on the outside now. Why did Jake Hill get a penalty at one race one then? Uh, wasn't that for... That's to do with overlap. And not on the outside of a corner. That was a straight line, wasn't it? Yes. Sutton didn't leave a car with. Ah. But it wasn't uh, on the exit of a corner. It wasn't on the exit <laughs> of a corner. Oh, yes. right. Oh, it's fine then. Oh, sorry. You know, I, do, I agree with you, but I can <laughs> yes. see the wording. It's oh, like geez. this whole thing is... That's the rule. I accept there is a penalty, but the rule is wrong, is what I would Not say. Not fit for purpose. Yes. Or, uh, as Tim Harvey said, stupid. Yes, I know, just completely. <laughs> he said, the rules are written by people who do not know how racing cars work. 
And then he, David Addison went, well, the stewards did something. And he went, and the stewards don't understand. <laughs> yes. how- <laughs> <laughs> how often they did that because they had the had the graphics up to run through the grid and when they were playing the yes. background music and everything, it's just like Tim Harvey wasn't letting it go. The boy on the loop but- button for the music just couldn't let it go. It's like, Tim, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it was amazing. I thought that the grid would start moving, but there's clearly someone doing it live. Yeah. So it just stayed there, didn't it? Yeah. Um, but to me, this is mad because uh, it's like Ingram moves him wide. I'm not going to deny that he didn't, mm-hmm. but he didn't biff him out of the way. He no. didn't. And he's ahead, and he's on the inside. In my opinion, he has the right of way. Yes. And uh, what about Jake Hill? Clearly, they deliberately hitting him back in retaliation. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> After the squiggle, to me, it looks like he biffs the side of him. Uh, yeah. Uh, to rob Ingram of momentum. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, it's different. Time, different era, different rules, but was it 2010 at Croft with Rob Collard and Shedden? And they came out the hairpin, they're both bashing into each other and on the grass. Yeah. And it's like one of the closest finishes of all time. And it is amazing. It's great to watch. And they've sorted it out themselves in a way mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the person finished second, or was it? I think it was second at the time, deserved it. Uh, it might have been for the win. Um, also, it reminds me of 96 at Brands Hatch <laughs> with. Paul Radisic in the Fob Mondeos on the outside of... Uh, what's turn two at Brands Hatch? Oh, oh my word. Druids. Druids. Um, and Rober- Roberto Ravalia is in the BMW on the inside. <laughs> Roberto just sort of turns left and forces Radisic off into the gravel and into the wall, into retirement. Now, to me, that is not acceptable. Yes. Correct. And this is maybe what this rule was aiming to stop, perhaps. I'm not sure. Uh, but this is just like it's not even like a shoulder badge, is it? It's just no. like that's what I don't get. Like I can clearly see that rule and I agree with that rule. If someone forces you off or just yeah. completely drives to the white line, you watch it but, back. Hell doesn't drive to the white line. He does leave a gap. There's a curb there. Like what? What more do you expect him to do? He's to got me, to defend his position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, it's up to Hill to back off at that point. He has got a choice because he's behind. So just don't. Go around the halfway around the corner. He could choose not to go around the outside. However, yes. if this rule exists and will will be enforced, then from now on, everybody needs to overtake around the outside because they've actually got priority judging mm-hmm. by this. Yeah, as Harvey yeah. said, it's, it's now Ingram should have let off the throttle and let him pass. If that's yeah. what this rule is to be interpreted as, yeah, you just have to roll over and concede now, mm. because it's not. On the exit of a corner, if the car on the outside has an overlap, it's not is ahead. <laughs> yeah, which Hill never was at that point. He was alongside and was almost yeah, yeah, yeah. dead on so, the side, but he was not in front at any point. My my opinion maybe should be, you know, if the car on the outside is ahead at any point or something like this. I don't know. It's um it's a strange one because there here I was calling out uh the commentary for not having an idea or a solution, I hate that word, for uh tire bundles. I don't really have a, I haven't really thought about what you could do instead. This hasn't been an issue before, and it worked, right? Well, I mean, as Colin said, I kind of agree with the rule in principle, but there needs to be some leeway with the stewards or the clerk of the course to say, no, that was fine. Yeah, yeah, you've got to judge each incident. And Mm -hmm. if he had hit him or forced him so far that, you know, over half the car was over the curb. Yeah. And it's significant way, fair enough. But it was like one tyre dipped into the grass. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't no, to me. No, this is a no. But they didn't. If, I don't think there was even contact to force, to force him wide. Really, no. no. It, if it, it was, wasn't. it's minimal. So, 
So maybe there needs to be an element of uh, judicial uh, subjectivity. Well, I know our rules are supposed to be objective, but you have an element, a clause in that sentence which adds, you know, don't push them off with significant contact or something like that. And then I suppose that's bad because someone might say, yeah, but what's significant? But there has to be a contact clause in that sentence for me. Mm-hmm. And it was still only a tenth over the line. It's not like he pushed him off. And, right. He, and he didn't retire. No. He could have looped on the grass, but didn't. Um, very, very, very strange uh, calls, some of them this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I would... the main flashpoint of the year, of the weekend, and we're not really talking about Sutton dominating the race or someone having Alan, Aaron Taylor Smith having a great weekend. The the main, my main memory, or even Dan Lloyd spinning off with the drive shaft. Maybe that's actually saved the bushes a bit because everyone's talking about that. Yeah. But this should we shouldn't be talking about this in touring cars, really. There has been some several. Go back to that lap one race one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been Very several bizarre decisions this year. Um, there's been some bizarre safety car decisions, some, some bizarre student decisions, and um, some bizarre track limit rules. Yes. Oh, do those exist anymore? I think they <laughs> technically do, but they just they definitely. They definitely do for qualifying. Yeah. But, but in the race, it seems to be thrown out of the window, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a completely embarrassing weekend where everyone is getting penalties left behind centre. And then two weeks later, it's forgotten. I don't remember hearing once about track limit during the race. No, I think in a couple of the other races, there was a black and white flag for a couple of cars. That's it. I don't know where they were monitored in this race, and it might have been mentioned somewhere, so apologies for the ignorance. We should look this up. But there was quite a few cars running wide at Old Hairpin repeatedly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, from, a, from a spectator viewpoint. I remember it, was, it is judge of fact by the eye, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it technically is. Well, yeah. I, I, we, should have, we should have written them down when we were spectating race two. <laughs> I'm annoyed. Yeah, But that, that green bit of kerb was definitely um, rubbered in. Yes. Right, next, finish race one. We're almost at 45 minutes and we're still on yeah. this one. Yeah, well, we'll rattle through race two or three. Well, Mr. Mikey Doble finished one place outside the points in 16th place. But how many Jack Sears points did he get? This is the most important thing, Nick. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> <who's> <laughs> <any kidding. laughs> he finished what? behind Watson, who was his main... Who did really well this race, again, in yes. the wet Donington. Yep. Doble uh, didn't get any points, but he, he won our heart. Some of the moves he was was pulling. Uh Yeah, it was actually good entertainment, wasn't it? It was, it was. Right, race two, and Ingram doesn't want to speak before the race. Well, he does. No, he does want to. He (laughs) wants to. to If if I speak, what? It's the Jose Mourinho's line, isn't it? Mm. Oh, I can't remember. It's if I speak or something. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, he doesn't want to comment an incident because he knows he's been in trouble. Which uh, I'd just say, go for it, Tom. Championship's mm-hmm. over. Might as well get yeah. some penalty points and fines while you're there. So that, if that... I speak, I'm in big trouble. Yes. So he's could have got a fire in his belly in this one because immediately in the turn one, he's into the lead uh, from third. Uh, Hill tries to go to the outside, which compromises him. He gets past Hill easily, and then he. It's on, is it on lap? No, it's on lap four he gets Sutton. Apologies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So later he gets Sutton, but he, he gets it into the old hairpin, and you can tell going down the hill towards it, he is not backing out. Whatever yeah. Ash does. 
So he takes the lead quite brilliantly. And he managed to hold uh, Sutton off into McLean's as well. I thought the dive into Redgate was Plato-esque. Yep. Plato in his pomp-esque, let's say. And it was absolutely the right thing to do. Tell was fired up. Bam. I thought Sutton could have turned in if he wanted, but was not polite, but did think about the championship in that split second. Because uh, yeah. I think it was a little bit too far back for an ordinary move. But well, well pulled off and he made the apex still, so fair play. Takes two to tango. And then I was surprised uh, Sutton tried to have a go at McLean's again because he didn't need to. Because uh, mm. that just meant Hill closed him up. Closed up on him, sorry. Mm. I think it was one of those where he thought, if I stick my nose in, he might run wide to defend. Mm. But yeah, Ingram was just like, no, I'm sticking to my line. I'm turning in, yep. And well done for saying Redgate, because I wrote Redgrave for some reason in my notes. <laughs> so Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him once in Edinburgh. He was sitting in the slugging lettuce at the Omni Centre at like one o'clock <laughs> on a Friday. With a nice meal and a, a cocktail. Um, anyway, back to this. <laughs> uh, Collard drops a couple of places at the start to Ingram and Cook. Uh, Aaron Moffat gets a big helping hand, I say. Yeah, Patterson, definitely. <laughs> Patterson <laughs> hits. Pearson. No, Patterson. Uh, it was Patterson. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, my God. Edit. We were still All Scottish day. people are You're different. You're not going to edit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. So Patterson hits him going into old here, but Moffat ends up into the gravel. Uh, he rejoins and it looks like the suspension's broken. But yep. he's into the pits. But suddenly, two laps later, we see Aiden Moffat go past again. So they've, they've semi-bodged that car together. And I say semi because... He was not taking the corners properly. And that, every time he went <laughs> round the old hairpin afterwards, I was just watching him, and he was either in the gravel, going wide, or completely sideways. Yeah. Track limits? Yeah, well, he got meatballed eventually. So yeah. <laughs> I think, I think oh. they realised he wasn't in full control of his car. <laughs> he was winging it round every corner, so that's a bit of Scottish on Scottish contact there. <laughs> uh We've got some fights for the Jack Sears, Doble and Watson. Changing mm. uh, positions before uh, Watson gets ahead in the hairpin. There was a bit of a how... draft, wasn't there, from uh, Patterson. I'll get it right this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was entertaining. Pushing Doble forward. Yeah. I, I didn't see what happened to Watson, why he was so far back from his start. No, it, something I happened didn't. at the start, didn't it? But it was hard to pick up on, yeah. Mm. Yeah. We Could have watched... just been tidy off the line for all we know. Yeah, so we watched this race from the infield on top of the hill, mm-hmm. overlooking the, the old hairpin. Starkey's Bridge. Yeah, what that would have been. Yeah. Uh, which is a great view to see the cars uh, going up the hill there. Mm. Yeah, you get a good view of McLean's as well, don't you, from there? Like, from Redgate, you can see old hairpin from afar and you can't really see McLean's, but here you can see uh, old Hairpin, Starkey's Bridge, Swans and McLean's very closely and very clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm. And slight tangent, but we saw an epic F4 race from there as well. But moving on. Yes, which I still haven't had a chance to actually watch. No, I've not watched it back, but it was amazing <laughs> entertainment. It was. <laughs> the front wings everywhere. Yeah, there was. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I saw this and you guys didn't. There was a there was a digger on. Oh the yes, yeah. In the middle of the race, it's, it's in the coverage. One. It's in. I, mean, I saw it on the screen. And I was like, "Did you guys see that?" Like, nope, no, nope. no. Nope. <laughs> it was so random. It was so random that the TV director decided at that point, 
we're going to cut to watch this digger nick out the pit lane yeah. and skip across the gravel because it was parked on the exit at turn one. That was kind of wow, it was going quick across the gravel, though. Yes. It was. <laughs> you could see the touring cars in the background as well coming towards yes. the, the SEs. You're like, oh, no, what have we done here? Uh, all safe. I did see it. I meant to watch it back on TV, but again, not had a chance. But there was a dodgy one at turn one in the minis. There was a car oh. off there, two marshals, the digger on trying to lift it. I'm pretty sure it was just a single yellow flag because I didn't mm. see the safety car lights or boards that, during that race. That was before you guys arrived. I thought, oh, here we go. Second but, race of the day then. Mm. Yeah, but thankfully there was no more that we saw anyway. Uh, Daryl DeLeon, the rookie, he's off. And uh, George Gamble retires with a puncture as well at that point. Uh, what else happened? Oh, Edwards finishes the race. Uh, a la Lewis Hamilton just uh, yeah. three tires on her car. That's very oh, strange, yeah. wasn't it? Why I thought she put the pits. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, odd. finishing position. But she was but... already like at least a lap down, maybe two. Mm, yeah, not sure about that one. But yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all that happened in terms of overtakes in that race. Hmm, yet hell pressurising Sutton the full race, but never I thought he got close got that. enough to make a move. Mm. Yeah. Very surprising that he didn't. He did, As I said, um, he did mention that he thought Ash was being very dirty with him moving across in front of him. Very similar just, to what you was talking about before. Yeah. Just moving just, over at the last possible second in front of his nose mm. and forcing him to slow down. Sutton's done that a few times this season and mm. last season, I would say. Yeah. Silverstone springs to mind last year. He's uh, he's learned it from the master. Yeah, that's true. Well, oh, but also if if the rules uh, play in a favour to that, I suppose you maximise those rules. Well, Tuckington yeah. does it to Sutton in the race three, but we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um. So it seems to be okay, but. As I said off air, if Ash Sutton was racing 10 years ago, he'd have been knocked out of so many races this year by <laughs> Plato, yes. Neil, Rob Collard, pick your poison. They would not have been as generous as Ingram and Hell has been. Obviously, completely different rules where you were allowed to just batter people all over the place. <laughs> but um, Yeah, seemingly. <laughs> but um, Sutton's got away with a, f- a few this year, I think. Someone would have entered Gareth Howell to deliberately do it. Oh, no, it didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Stephen Jelly would have been parked up somewhere waiting on him coming around if this was 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear that about Sutton with a long pedal, so that may be why he didn't go after Ingram in this one. Yeah, I'm, sometimes I'm not sure if these, these things are actually true or not, or if it's just a case of trying to make everyone think, ah, they are actually not as slow as we thought they were. Mm. I don't know how much of it's mind games, but... Probably all of it, we'll see. And Nick? Yes, Mr. Doble. Um, finished just behind his teammate, Andrew Watson, for 17th place this time. So still no Jack points Sears, this weekend, but... but yes, close in the Jack Sears. And uh, number 12 is picked out of the ball hat. Ball. <laughs> the ball hat. <laughs> The ball, yes, the ball. <laughs> I didn't see actually who did it this, this time around. Ingram. 
Oh, yeah, of course. Right. It was a... Uh, and Dan Lloyd suddenly became the luckiest man in the world for all of yeah. an hour and 40 minutes. And then uh, until he became the, the unluckiest man yet again. It was slightly it's suspicious that um, Ingram said, and this will be a Dan Lloyd poll just before he pulled it out, <laughs> which makes it look <laughs> like he did it on purpose, but... <laughs> hmm. That's funny. Did, it, did, did we need an independent adjudicator on the balls? Uh, well, he pulled another one out just to prove there was a different number on it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, good, 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 good. Ballgate two. Yeah. <laughs> Ball hat and So that, yes. <laughs> so we've got Dan Lloyd and Paul, Tom Chilton, Taylor Smith, Morgan as their front four. Um, Chilton immediately screws himself by <laughs> being out of position at the start and having to reverse into his space. And I don't, still don't think, looking back on TV, he was in the right position. No, so because he gets himself a five-second penalty. He got the penalty for not being in position rather than for reversing into position. Apparently, if he got in the right position, he would have been fine. Yeah, I, I, if you look at the start again, I think he's still his bumper's still well over the yeah. line. Yeah, but the thing is, you're on the front row. It, it's not like you can go to another row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did he miss it so bad? <laughs> Must have started a mind blank. It's been a while since he's been anywhere near there. True. Wee. Uh, so as a full race, we've got a pack in the midfield of what would have been the front runners on pure pace. You got Ingram, Sutton, Hill, Tuckington, Cook, Robottom, all fighting mm. all the way through. Dan Lloyd keeps the lead at the start, and it looks like he's finally got going to get his win this year. I think his second ever win. No, he Third. won three races last year. Oh, Did he win three? I thought he only won the oh. one. He definitely won yeah. one before last year. I'm okay, doing you well, a disservice here, Dan. Oh, man. Well, hang on a minute. I thought he won twice at Crofton, one's at Brands GP last year. Maybe. Oh, look, I, I just remember the one. Um, but I know he won once in the Civic, wasn't it? Civic? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Right. Talk amongst yourselves. Live Google updates. Well, that's what I was trying to do, but apparently there's a pre- professional cyclist called uh, Dan Lloyd. Yeah, yes. Yes, he, I had to put right. BTCC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, you're wins. right. He's had four yeah. wins. He won at Croft in the Honda for BTC. Yeah. I always mm-hmm. think it's Eurotech, but I think he might have got a front row start or a pull in that. Uh, then, yeah, last year, two wins at Croft, one at Brands Hatch Grand Prix. Final oh, race yeah. of the year. Don't realise he's been around for that long. Yeah, he very right. rarely gets a full season. That was always his problem. Mm. He's had about three in a row now. Mm. Yeah, 2010 he made his debut. I know, it's like Jake Hill, he made his debut in like, 2008 or something like that. That's just putting it out of my head, but it's something not that long ago. Mm. <laughs> the thing with Dan Lloyd, though, he, after 2010 he did some TCRs around the world for a bit. Mm. Very successfully as well. Yes, race. Okay. <laughs> uh, Josh Cook was a bunch of positions and then eventually retires. Yeah, I still don't know why. The bonnet was up, so we're assuming engine issues, but... Bit of a shame. Mm. Rowan Pearson also gets meatballed because he's, half his bonnet is in the air, unfortunately. It was a bit dodgy, that. Yeah. Ingram pulled a really cheeky move on Sutton at the old hairpin, which I thought was nice. Uh, that was lovely. Ash- 
I think he caught Ash napping there, and I don't think Sutton really liked that one. Uh, Turkington got past Cook as well. Uh, Ingram tried to follow through. And uh, Cook ends up running a little bit wide at the old hairpin. There's a bit of contact, and Sutton goes past as well. Taylor Smith takes second off of Chilton on the road, even though he would get it anyway. Uh, because of the penalty, uh, he gets at the Melbourne hairpin, and Rory Butcher gets past as well. Butcher fights with Taylor Smith for a little while, and uh, manages to get it down at the hairpin, for a, which was a nice move. He was. He, he was... Um... Right on it in this last race, Butcher. He was pulling off some good moves, but he also... The car looked on a knife edge at times, but just on the right side of it. Hmm. Always does. Oh, yeah. Well, on a knife edge, not necessarily the right side of it. <laughs> we then get a safety car for Debris after Cook pits. Um, Adam Morgan and then Jake Hill smash the tyre barriers. Uh, Aaron Taylor Smith as well, I didn't see him. He, he just clipped it as well. Clipped it slightly. Morgan clipped it a tiny bit more, and then he'll just smash the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's bodywork everywhere. There's a safety car for a few laps, and Dan Lloyd nailed the restart. Yeah, I thought that was. I was. I was. Tom was cheering on Yorkshire in this one, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I was. I thought. I thought he had it in the bag at this point. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly that gap disappeared. Because he had a lovely gap after turn one, and then by the end of the lap, Butcher is back on his bumper. Hmm. This uh, there's a battle pack again. Midfield, Tuckington gets ahead of Robot Man Collard, and uh, but then drops behind him again. Adam Morgan gets Chilton uh, for fourth place, and we get a. Is this the point where we get the the ra- the random puncture for Robot? Um. Sort of, yeah. It wasn't that random, though. <laughs> he smashed the tire bar on the left hand side, didn't he? He did, yeah. Although I'm looking back on it, I'm not convinced his car wasn't slightly hobbled in the first place. He ran wide coming out onto the back straight, mm. and without contact, and you never really see that happen because it's not a particularly hard turn. No, so I wonder I'm... if he had a slight issue then. Mm. Well, when I was watching the race back. Today, the few laps before this, I thought was the moment where he had his problem because he had a weird wiggle, I think, coming out of Redgrave. And I, I paused it, assuming that that was the incident where he screws everyone else's race up. Mm. Um, but it wasn't, so you're right, he, prob- he might have had an issue beforehand that he was struggling with, and then that's why he steered straight into a tyre barrier. <laughs> yeah, because no one hit that tyre barrier all day, apart from the Mini that went on its roof. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's Stephen Redgrave's quite... getting a lot of references this episode. Yeah, I, I know. That's my fault. <laughs> what is it? Well, it? It's actually Redgate, but in my notes, I switched between Redgate and Redgrave because I kept getting mixed up. <laughs> Have you put Redgrave in my... I've been saying the wrong thing all episode because of you. Oh, uh, yeah. For it's... God's sake. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Robot was going well at this point as well. There's a great fight. And then, yeah. He uh, it smashes the barriers, has a puncture... And decides to continue on down the start finish straight, gets to turn one, can't take the corner, which holds up uh, Ingram, and that lets Ash Sutton past, as well as Turkington. So he's taking making some puncture, and it all falls into Sutton's hands yet again. Yeah. As I, said, I still can't decide whether or not Robot deliberately 
decides to block Ingram rather than Sutton, or if it's just how it planned out. Thank it. Hmm. I don't. I don't think he deliberately did it, but it's just very convenient that it happened to be his teammate's title rival that he blocked. But I think yeah. that's just how it played out. Ingram's on the outside of the turn mm-hmm. one. It's like he's going to try and go for the switch back, but all of a sudden there's a car, yeah, half parked across the middle of the track, and he's stuck. Which yeah, everything just seems to fall in Sutton's hand these days. Uh Dan Lloyd looks like he's secured the win until the final lap. He goes up to McLean's, suddenly squirrels on the exit and is off into the gravel, retired. At that point, we're speculating, is it a fault or is it just the worst mistake ever? Mm. Uh, it turns out, I think it was a, it was a dry shaft. Yeah. It went, so he uh, he lost pretty much a certain win there. He had Butcher yeah. covered for a good number of laps. Well, Butcher was clearly the quicker car for the second half of that race after the restart, and he held him back gloriously. It's just so harsh. And the fact as well that he pointed out, he led 14 of the 15 laps of the 14-lap race. <laughs> so if there was no safety car and they hadn't had the extra lap added on, the drive shaft wouldn't have broken on him. Mm-hmm. Which is just such bad luck for him. Yeah, a bit of a shame that. Yorkshire was devastated at that point. <laughs> yeah, the old Yorkshire versus Scott battle. Uh, I'm stuck. I told you, wrong side of the fourth. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not claiming them. I was really, <laughs> really sad for him, man. I, I, the only the good thing is that his uh, YouTube vlog has got over fifty thousand views. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. a shame it, t- it takes an incident like this to get that many views. If that makes sense, but yeah, oh, he drove a really perfect race. I thought. No, in a car that qualified 17. Didn't deserve it. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shows I can build the weekend. And, yeah. Uh, There's not many people that I would actually feel that sorry for. <laughs> you know, there'll just be like, there'll be another chance, etc. But with Dan Lloyd, you never know. He's always on the brink financially. He's at a team that yes. has a tendency to drop people with the mm-hmm. slightest hint of no money coming through. The... Yeah. Because they had the massive cast last year, but the slight caveat to our sympathy was it was his fault. Uh, but as this yeah. one, there's nothing he could have done. No. So uh, I hope he can get the finances back for next year. And mm-hmm. I kind of hope he can get in a better car. Because that, that Cooper really hasn't really lived up to what we had hoped. The Astros got brilliant all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, for a ten-year-old car, is it? Oof. It's, I don't uh, know if it's that old. I seem to remember it being in twenty thirteen, but ooh, <laughs> I could be totally wrong on that. It might not be that old, but nah. uh, and it's obviously had upgrades. But yeah, they're doing. They're, oh, I got it really, really wrong, and I can just apologise to everybody at the start of the year, <laughs> the previous show. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought the Coopers would be better than they are, and I, I thought the Astros would be worse than they are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, bravo. Yeah, I, mean, I was just going to say the Astros um, just Aaron Taylor-Smith being so high up and Andrew Watson constantly challenging for points and our boy Doble constantly being around the level of getting points that car is looking a lot quicker than it has any right to be mm-hmm. I know they did a lot of tests in pre-season to try and get up to speed but it's kind of it's 
felt through the year. And Taylor Smith, the past three rounds, has been top five. Mm-hmm. I commented on his driving standards at the previous round, but I can't really say much <laughs> about this round. He was just good. He was quick. Uh, a few wee bumps, but nothing major. So He finished second behind Rory Butchard. Morgan finished the podium off. Uh, first podium in... They said what year he last got a podium. I can't remember if it was 10 years ago or something mad. Eight years or something for Taylor Yeah. Smith. Which, fair play to him for sticking in there. Yeah, he's always been a bit of a crowd favourite because he does race hard. So it's good to see him get some kind of reward. Sometimes a bit too hard in recent years, but... Uh, yes. Was well behaved this weekend. 2016 was his last podium. He won it. Was Rockingham. it a win? Yeah. He won at Rockingham. Race three. And the Volkswagen CC. So yeah, seven years. Uh, double? 16th, unfortunately. Just one place outside the points yet again. Yeah. My boy. So close. Mm. But and yeah, uh, fair play to Rory Butch as well. That tour has been terrible all year, and uh, he did yeah. well to drag that one up. Yep, up well. Penalties. Uh, yeah, a couple. Um, was it the one we know about? Tom Ingram got his uh, position swapped with Jake Hill. We won't go into that again. Uh, Andrew Watson got a three place grid penalty after the uh, first round. Was it or the second round? Oh, the first round. Sorry. No, uh, for an incident with Ronan Pearson, but I didn't see that. And Dexter Patterson got a penalty in race two of five seconds for an incident involving Mikey Doble. Hmm. But yeah, not sure what that was again. Yes, and uh, Bristol Street Motors lost twenty points. Yeah, it doesn't actually say who, <laughs> well, hmm. which car. I'm assuming it was uh, Chilton or Halstead because they previously had them. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, it was well. Chilton's got an asterisk on his points, so mm. I assume it was him. So the title race, if you can call it that, yeah. There's now a forty-two point gap between Sutton and Ingram, sixty-two between Ingram, uh, between uh, Sutton and Hill, and ninety-nine between Turkington and Sutton. Yeah. Well, you know, it's still a four-horse race. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Uh, Turkington is his consistency made up previously for the times where he's not had the speed. Yeah. This season he's not had the speed or really the consistency. To be fair, the BMW doesn't seem to have had the speed in general. Hill has the last few rounds, but overall over the season, it hasn't quite been there. No. No. And the Jack Sears, Andrew Watson leads Mikey Doble by 14 points. Sam Osborne, three three five. Yeah. You're thinking that car he would be the one, but yep, he's in third in that championship. And the wing foot. <laughs> I put that in there mostly because if you look that's kind of like an average qualifying for the season, really, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Um and how low down Chilton is and Jelly. Yeah. And you just think it just shows how disappointing a season they've had as well. Yeah, there's a few drivers been quite shown up this year, I think, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. So, just finish, 
That has. So it's finishing up. Overall thoughts on the weekend. Well, well I loved it. Rainy, windy, sunny. Expensive. Go watch it great. live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Nick. Ruined you <laughs> somewhere there. Expensive but great. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it. Oh yeah. So definitely. what price do you put on it? Yeah. Especially if you haven't been before, it's because something you don't realize from watching on TV or even playing a, a game on a sim. You don't realise the scale of the track, the different elevation mm-hmm. changes. You can see all the little bumps and things that you don't realise that the drivers have to deal with. And then as the cars fly past, you can actually see the speed and the skills mm-hmm. that they've got to take those corners as quick as they do. If you've never been, it's well worth going for a weekend or at least a day. Uh, Nick won your local race, whatever that is. Uh, you certainly won't be disappointed. Yeah, I don't really have a local race is my problem. <laughs> yeah, Brands is that's like ninety miles away. <laughs> uh, I've moved somewhere decent. Come on, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better option. <laughs> <laughs> you've got like you've got eight races or nine races in England. So move closer. <laughs> uh, will that do us for this week? Yeah, I think that's all good. Slightly elongated. Uh, we'll be back next week with our super F one episode. Since we a bit late this week to do one. Uh, covering Zanvert, the most overtakes ever. And we've got the Italian Grand Prix this weekend. Um, double contracts for Mercedes today. As mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton and George Russell signed. So we'll cover all that next week on our F1 double podcast. So two rounds left in the touring cars. We've got Silverstone next before Brands Hatch Grand Prix to finish off the season. And we'll be back soon with those, and we'll see you then. Love it. Thank you. See you later.